Hi, I'm Jason Perlo, Senior Technology Editor for ZDNet, and I'm here with my compadre, Jason Cipriani, our mobile technology columnist, and we are here today to talk about some fun things. Yes. We're here to talk about the next generation of game consoles. Now, I have not been a game console user for several years now, although I own an X, a first generation Xbox One. I mostly like the driving games. I like the high action stuff. Um, but I haven't really used one in a couple of years. I've kind of let it sit on the shelf a bit. Um, been more of a, of a mobile game user with iPhone and iPad. But I'm very excited about the next generation of hardware that's coming out soon. We're kind of like in a, in a refresh period with all the, with the major systems are all about to be refreshed more or less around the same time. Jason, let's talk about you know, some of the things that are coming out and what are the things that we can expect from the next generation of consoles. Yeah, I agree with you. So I actually game quite a bit. It's what I do to take a break from reality in the real world and kind of get away from everything. Uh, I have two younger sons who love gaming as well. So we, we play quite a bit. Um, you know, we, I have a gaming PC. I have an Xbox One X, a Nintendo Switch. Play a lot of different games, mostly shooters, Apex Legends, Fortnite, stuff like that. The new Call of Duty Warzone looks amazing. Um, but you're right. Right now is kind of, we're in a lull, right? Everything is kind of ramping up to two new consoles at the end of the year, the next generation Xbox and the next generation PlayStation. Uh, and, and they're looking like they're going to be powerhouses. They're going to be really powerful equipment that are going to really push gaming forward, um, doing a lot of different things. So the Xbox uh, Series X has been kind of announced. Microsoft keeps letting little secrets and tidbits and pieces of information out about it. Um, and it, it looks pretty promising right now. It's going to be eight times more powerful than the original Xbox One. So the Xbox you have, that's going to blow that away. That's, that blows my mind how much yeah. computational power something like that has. Yeah, and the Xbox One X, which is, I just recently bought it because they're heavily discounted uh, yep. leading up to the Series X launch. And it's going to be twice as powerful as that. And I honestly have no complaints with the power of the One X as, in its current state, which twice that is going to be just insane. There'll be support for 120 frames per second, which is huge. Now, especially at CES, we had a bunch of TV manufacturers announcing gaming modes and 120 frames per second support in those TVs. So console gamers will have kind of be on par with PC gamers and, you know, 120, 144 hertz displays. Um, it's switching to a solid state drive, which is going to be a lot faster. A quick resume feature will allow you to pause a game exactly where you're at and then come back to it a few days later and pick up. You don't have to just hit pause and then, you know, leave your Xbox on. You actually could go and do other stuff, play different games, and then pick up right where you left off in that game. They, um, it will include a Blu-ray disc drive, which the Xbox One X has. They re did release some cheaper versions that yeah. without any optical drives, you know, download only. Um, and the new Halo is going to be the launch title, along with a few other third-party titles as well that they haven't fully named yet. And of course, there's going to be full backwards compatibility with not only Xbox One X games, but going all the way back to support everything that is backwards compatible with the One X, which is a huge benefit for someone like me who just bought the Xbox One X and is buying games and having the confidence in investing that I can upgrade when the Series X comes out later this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, Microsoft tradition has been pretty open with its console releases, more or less in terms of what they say the capability is going to be well in advance, just to build interest, uh, yeah. to build pre-sale interest, so to speak. We know that they're all based on PC, 
bumped up PC style platforms out of the box parts. There's no super mystery to it. We know who their, you know, their chip partners. I don't know if it was a, if it was um, AMD this time around or if they're going to use Nvidia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So AMD. So it's AMD. You know, Ryzen based technology, that kind of stuff. It's it's going to be a pumped up PC optimized for gaming. Yep. Um, Sony has traditionally been much much more secretive when it comes to the parts and goods that it puts inside its machines. And I think, you know, they, they, they kind of take sort of the Apple approach of super proprietary. Our stuff is special. Everybody else is out of the shelf. So we don't know a hell of a lot about it. We know that's going to have a new CPU and GPU, but and improve load times, SSD. But beyond that, we don't know much else. Yeah, right? they've, kind of, they've, you know, they've made a few announcements. They, they showed kind of a picture of what it's going to look like. And then they also unveiled the logo, which looks just like all the last PlayStation logos. It's a PS5. I mean, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. That, they actually did that at CES. They paused their Sony keynote to unveil yeah, the I mean, PlayStation logo, which was a big letdown because people were wanting true information. And a logo is not that exciting to me, at least. Um, but yeah, so that, that's going to come later this year. I would expect both of these to be fully unveiled in the coming months. Granted, coronavirus and the delays it's causing with supply chain and just everything yeah. else that's going on, that could be delayed. But, uh, you know, I expect full announcement in the next few months and then holidays 2020, we're going to see these come out. Um, there's also rumors that Apple is working on a new Apple TV, which by extension is a game surprise for them, right? That excites me a lot, you know, because there hasn't been an, a major refresh of Apple TV hardware in a long time. Right. And um, now, of course, we have Apple Arcade as part of the iOS ecosystem. You know, you, 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 you pay a set fee every month and you get a whole mess of games. Um, I would like that on Apple TV, especially if the, if the Apple TV had good processing capability like the current generation of iPhones with an A13 or similar chipset, um, similar video capabilities, would, you know, and if the controller didn't stink, right? I mean, no, you can use an Xbox controller, but I would love to see what Apple could do with controller design. Um, the current remote that they have, that little gumstick thing that gets, you know, lost every day um, drives me nuts. But I, I think if Apple put their heads together, they could probably come up with a really good offering. Yeah, I mean, look, they probably had an idea that Apple Arcade was eventually going to come around. They did allow games when the last Apple TV launched. But now that they have a clearer picture of what their ecosystem and their yeah. subscription services look like, I can see them building a powerful Apple TV with more storage, higher processing power, better GPU. And I hadn't even thought of them creating their own controller after they adopted after Xbox and PlayStation controller support. But that's a brilliant idea in their own right. I imagine they could do some pretty cool stuff with a remote uh, or a controller of their own. They are also working on a new Siri remote, which hopefully is easier to find. Yeah. That's the only feature I care about. Just make it easier to find when I lose it. Um, but so outside of those three new consoles, uh, what, what are you hoping to see as far as new, you know, new features, new <clears throat> price points, whatever it is going forward and something that maybe gets you back into gaming more seriously? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, as we start spending more time at home, we're going to start thinking about more about entertainment system type things. Right. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's, oh, these, these things have been pretty powerful boxes in the last five years, if you look at what Microsoft and, and Sony has done with their hardware. I mean, the, the games are very fluid. Um, 
you know that the additional computational power and memory is going to be able to have more complex models so you have more realistic looking characters so that people don't look like video game characters they might look like real people you right. know eventually right i mean that's really what what we're talking about is detail and fluidity and, and those type of frame rates and and the co more complex ge you know, geometric models so we can things can look real if things can look real then we should really be thinking about what can Microsoft and Sony and potentially Apple do with virtual reality. Um, real fluid virtual reality uh, and AR is possible uh, with this level of computational power in a next generation console. Um, I think that Microsoft's existing research into HoloLens, right, which yeah. they've spent several years, quite a few years on so far. I mean, it's a $10,000 headset. It's really designed for vert vertical market applications. But they can, they have learned so much from that platform and they could apply it uh, to consumer entertainment applications. Um, I think there's a lot of crossover uh, educational content that could be used for virtual reality. So we could see this used for remote classrooms, um, teaching, um, even things like drone tourism and telepresence uh, type of things for uh, consumer, you know, level stuff. Maybe, you know, maybe you want to look at the Grand Canyon or, or fly around uh, a city uh, on a tour, you know, with, 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 with a drone with really cool cameras and stuff and be able to participate in that uh, for those of us that will not be able to travel in the future. Um, they could certainly, I mean, they would have to make these headsets cheaper, but naturally, um, I think it's a technical possibility. Um, did, did you talk about a keyboard and mouse support is something that you wanted, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually prefer gaming on a PC. I, I'm horrible at it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm a lot better gamer on an Xbox or a Nintendo Switch. Um, but I like gaming on PC for keyboard and mouse support. I, I love that, you know, interaction model. And, and it's just as easier for me. For some reason, I just enjoy it more. Um, but the Xbox, as it is now, only has a handful of games that actually support keyboard and mouse um, interaction. And so I, Going forward, I would love to see a wider adoption of that. Maybe it's hard-coded in, into the Xbox Series X you know, platform where your game automatically supports keyboard and mouse. And realistically, there's only one good option for a wireless keyboard and mouse, and that's it's made by Razer, who makes gaming PCs and accessories. But you know, wider adoption of that would be great. I would love to see a price point around 500 bucks, although I read a report yesterday that there's some rumors that Sony's having a real hard time hitting that. Uh, and it may actually be quite a bit more than that. Usually when a new console comes out, $500 is, you know, the bar that it's put at uh, to launch. And then over time it drops. So hopefully they're able to hit that as well. Um, what else? Backwards compatibility, I think, like I said earlier, is a huge boost to all of these consoles. You know, if you buy one game here, you shouldn't have to buy it again just because a different console is out. Um, yeah, I, I'm just really looking forward to taking it forward. I mean, AKTVs are, you know, a few years out, but these consoles are going to last the next decade, right? That's, that's kind of the bar they Absolutely. set. Absolutely. You know, you want, you want an investment that's going to, that's going to at least use five, six, seven, eight years, 10 years of, of, uh, of, of entertainment uh, possibility in your home. Um, you, you, the, the keyboard and mouse support thing is interesting because you look at traditional ga PC gamers, they are, Hardcore into PC into into keyboard and mouse. I know guys that you know play World of Warcraft for you know I don't know over the weekend they decide they're going to sit in front of a, a computer for twelve hours at a yeah. time. Yeah. But you know the the, the more important uh, the more complex PC games do have a lot of keyboard macros and things that that, that people use, uh, especially for these online and adventure communities and, and such. Um, 
I think that you know that sort of uh, capability. If 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 the mouse and keyboard is where it needs to be at for a console, we could see the synthesis between the PC and the console gaming communities in the future. So far, they have been separated, right? You know, console yeah. people are console people, and PC people are PC people, and the games really don't tend to to blend with each other for the most part. Yeah, they've um, started to here recently. A lot of cross-platform play has been enabled in Fortnite and Apex. Or no, not Apex, but uh, the new Call of Duty Warzone launched yesterday. The, the first person Yeah, stuff. and cross-play is enabled by default. So you can get into a lobby with PlayStation, Xbox, and PC players all in the same place. And to some extent, the argument is if you're not using a keyboard and mouse, you're at a disadvantage to someone using a controller. Or you're, yeah, you're at a disadvantage by using a controller. So... Uh, it's a way of leveling the playing field for a lot of people. There are workarounds now. You could buy these little cheat devices is what PC gamers call them. I don't consider them that, but that you go in and you program a keyboard and mouse to mimic a controller and it essentially tricks the Xbox into you using a controller, but you actually have a keyboard and mouse hooked up to it. And they're, you know, around a hundred bucks. I haven't experimented with one myself, but it's definitely been something I've considered. Yeah, so these are all like workarounds, right? There's, but there's yep. no reason why a console cannot be a full-fledged gaming PC. In I mean, terms it of, is, essentially, just in a smaller time. I mean, there's, there's always going to be PC gamers with much, much more powerful decks, you know, it's 64 yeah. gigs of RAM and whatnot. But for the most part, I, I think your average PC gamer sh and, and the capabilities of a console should be able to, to level set the playing field. But if we're going to have keyboard and mouse of support, right, um, let, let's assume that the Xbox is, you know, is a Windows-embedded system as this as the current one is right uh with the specs that we know about the hardware um i don't see any reason right why an xbox um cannot function as a living room family personal computer and to run specific um cloud managed windows apps especially ones that are you know customized for use in the living room uh, i'm not saying necessarily full-blown office but there are things that you know microsoft can do to make these things more more than just a game machine, you know, that this could be the central common use family computer. Um, you know, Azure um, has cloud desktops now. I mean, so you could remote use things full 365 and, and, and corporate applications if you want. So the technical infrastructure to do that um, is still there. It's sure. absolutely there. It's ready to go. Um, the other thing I want to see is better integration with the smart home. Um, this is an area that we know that Microsoft is behind in. Um, I'd expect something like an Xbox, you know, if it's a $500 plus device to have all the things that we expect of a smart speaker like an Alexa. Uh, and we know that Microsoft is working closely with Amazon to integrate Alexa into Windows. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Xbox be like a super premium Alexa type device as well for, for music streaming and all the other things that we know that those devices can do. Um, the other thing I would like to see from these types of devices is to be able to do all the capabilities of like a Roku or an Apple TV. Um, the apps that were on Xbox and PlayStation for streaming that have existed before really weren't that great compared to the dedicated platforms. Um, you should be able to get all of these things done on a single box. There's no reason why you need four different boxes to access all the services and things you want yeah. to use, particularly with the horsepower that these things are gonna have. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, the current Xbox has Hyper-V virtualization on it. Um, you could totally virtualize Android on it if you wanted to with the level of power. If you wanted that app, you know, if you didn't want to develop specific, I don't know, Netflix applications for Windows architecture, you could run the Android one, no problem, right? Especially with what Microsoft is now investing in Android. There's no reason why it can't do that. 
Now, you mentioned interoperability between the game's cross-play. Um, but why is it so difficult for me, you know, as a gamer on Xbox, for most of the games that are in the ecosystem to play with somebody on a PlayStation? It's definitely not a title exclusivity issue strictly, um, it, which I believe is a stupid thing. Uh, it's because they run these servers on proprietary clouds or isolating the communities from each other. Um, and as you said, some games have taken the neutral approach, but many still have not. I would like to see that problem solved. Yeah, um, I think Fortnite really pushed that forward, right? People yep. wanted to play with their friends and they didn't want to have to force their friends to buy their you know, gaming console or platform of choice. So Fortnite really kind of put the pressure on Sony, Microsoft, and even Nintendo to open up cross-platform playing. And since then, at least with shooter games, battle royale games, it's kind right. of the standard going forward that you support cross-play. And uh, outside of, I think, PUBG, Player Unknown Battleground, I can't think of any battle royale games that don't support it now. That's a very small, although popular subset of games. Um, and hopefully that expands and that, that trend continues with, you know, Animal Crossing or whatever, you know, game it is you want to play. Yeah, and you know, in addition to the big players that we've been talking about, there's other interesting things that are in development. I know there's been a new Atari in development for a while. I'm like a retro gamer. I'd love to see that 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 brand brought back. You know, I mean, um, there's obviously um, you know, there's Stadia and some other things. Stadia hasn't really taken off in a tremendous way yet, but you know, these these stream these yeah. game streaming platforms. I think the game streaming technology in and of itself is valid. Certainly, Microsoft has been putting a lot of investments in that for Xbox type of streaming stuff. We'll be able to see these boxes do much more sophisticated game streaming as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of the Series X and its uh, potential from what Microsoft has said is being able to access all of your games no matter what device you're on. They already have their Xbox cloud platform that's in beta, both for Android and iPhone, uh, that you can pull up your you know, whatever game you have on your Xbox at home, as long as you have a solid internet connection and game away. I haven't personally used it, um, but I've read and seen that it's, you know, working pretty well for a beta. And once it eventually launches, we'll see what that price point is and what it costs to access that. Well, right. I, I think uh, we, we've covered the base Jason. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I'm excited for the future of gaming as a whole. Um, I'm really excited to see what the Series X entails in total, you know, and hopefully we'll learn more about that here in the coming months. Good. I'm Senior Technology Jason Perlow, and I am mobile, what, reporter Jason Cipriani? Yeah, mobile columnist Jason Cipriani. <laughs> We're all a bit under the weather today, but uh, thank you for watching, and please check out our videos on ZDNet.com.